Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 19 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. We are in the middle of a four-part series called Inflammation and the Autoimmune Response. In week one, we talked about nutritional triggers for inflammation with Dr. Kell and Ted Hahn, a clinical nutritionist. Ted's favorite quote is, if it doesn't have fins, feathers, fur, or grow out of the earth, don't eat it. A good place to start is to cut down on hard alcohols and sugars, which cause an inflammatory response in the body. Last week, in part two, we discussed the physical triggers for inflammation in the body, which are injury and infection. With injury and infection, the body's B cells and T cells jump into action, helping the body to heal. It's best to let the body move through this process naturally. When not injured, mild to moderate exercise can be good for the immune system. It gets the heart pumping and blood flowing throughout the body. Today, in part three, we will discuss the emotional triggers for inflammation. Have you ever noticed how good you feel when happy, relaxed, and calm? Your energy's high and you get a lot accomplished. Your mental focus is sharp and ideas just line up. The opposite is also true. When you're anxious, angry, or scared, you feel uncertain about things and life seems harder. You feel heavy and your energy may be low. Your mind may be slow and decisions do not come easily. That's because the body responds to emotions. Positive emotions help to boost the immune system. Negative emotions kick in the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, and we're no longer relaxed. When we're in a chronic negative state, our bodies release excess cortisol due to the stress, and too much cortisol can suppress the immune system and contribute to obesity and depression. There are solutions for emotional triggers, such as meditation and yoga, staying engaged and involved in life, and developing trusting relationships. Don't worry, be happy. Come sit on our couch and let's talk about emotions. Welcome everybody to Health Talk with Dr. Cal. I'm Nikki Sterner and today we're going to be discussing the emotional triggers for inflammation. I didn't even know that was a thing, Dr. Cal. But before we get into that, I want to go into the thought of the day, which is what you lack in talent can be made up with desire, hustle, and giving 110% all the time. And that's a quote by Don Zimmer. I agree. Yes. I do too. I agree because that's me. Right? That's me. I I have yet to find a single thing I think I'm good at. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I that's why I spend so much time doing things, you know, and trying to learn more and trying to to be able to apply that in my life. Yes, I'm me competing too. against my own mouth <laughs> you today. Can't even talk. <laughs> I can't even talk. Uh, but just keep trying. That is speaking is not a talent either. Um, but, but by working on it, by doing this podcast, maybe I'll become a better speaker. That is true. And that's why I, partially why I did it. Reminds me of like the athletes that are like so naturally talented and gifted and yet they're they, born that way. Right? Yeah, they're born that way and then they don't try. And then you have the person who out hustles them and achieves more on the team. It's like joking. too simple. You were joking? born that way. They worked for it. Everybody's born with certain physical abilities that things come easier for them. A child learns to walk at eight, nine months old, and some children don't learn to walk till they're two years old. All I'm saying is Michael Phelps didn't show up at the pool at 14 and be like, well, I'm going to try for the Olympics, then go for it, right? He's yeah, but Michael Phelps. Oh, sure. Michael yeah. Phelps. Both. He's what? He's both. Gifted and driven. Yeah, and that's my point, that that he, with, without that, that talent, that base talent kept him going in that. You know, when he first jumped in the pool, was he swimming without any lessons? Who he, knows? He didn't tramp. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that the people at the top of their game when it comes to sports did it. I mean, with anything, I suppose, did it with a lot of effort behind it. It doesn't, you know, that that's not what's implied in your thought of the day, really. The thought of the day is implying, for those of us who had no talent, right. you can make up for it. It's it's not that you're, I, I just don't want to give up and, and go sit in the cave all day long because I don't feel like I've ever found the talent that was beneficial, you know, that I was good at right off the bat. Never have. And so that's made me work harder at it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You, 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 and that's what you just said. The yeah. guy that with natural talent sometimes sit, sits back and does nothing because it's too easy for him. Right. And and uh, so. Yeah. The other interesting thing about that is a lot of people are just stuck in their life and they don't ever get to try their talent, right? They're just thinking, this is what I have to do. And they stick at that job they hate or whatever, and they do it for the rest of their life. And they don't realize that there's this talent on the side that they could have tried or pursued that they just never even bothered with. Yeah, because it was so easy. Right? They felt like they had to work hard to achieve something. A lot of people feel like that, like success has to be hard. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think 
What's your definition of success, too? It can mean many things to many people. But uh, you, Eric, was saying, you know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity. And may that, that may be because they uh, related to their talent abilities, but also may just be related to their lifestyle. Unfortunately, they never get to see, could they be good at playing the guitar or the piano or or running or, or, or whatever it might be. Um, because they never got to play school sports because of their family situation or, or mm, circumstances. Yeah. Who knows? There could be some real amazing athletes out there that never, never got to go there because of their of life circumstances. That's true. And so yeah. that's another issue. All right, next up is the news of the day. You had an article that you wanted to share with us, Dr. Kel? Yeah, we talked about caffeine a few podcasts ago, and mm -hmm. so I wanted to briefly bring up a study um, that was done related to the heart. We talked about the heart and the effects of caffeine on the heart, but this study goes into a little more detail, and I just wanted to mention it. Uh, there were two different uh, test groups uh, put together in this study on blood flow to the heart under the influence of caffeine. And the first group... Uh, now, these are not large groups of people, but you don't need them to test something like this because they're really just testing a function of the heart uh, under under stress with, um, let's see, 200 milligrams of caffeine in their body. Which so is like... a cup of coffee is about 100 milligrams. So this was the effects of two cups of coffee. Uh, monster drinks, a lot of them are 150 milligrams plus, some are 300 milligrams. When I found this article, some other information I found also said that over 400... If you exercise with over 400 milligrams of, of caffeine in you, you could potentially seriously damage your heart and, mm -hmm. and other s systems. This article also gives some insight into exercise. Here's what happened. They took 10 women and 5 men, average age of 58 years old, put them on a stationary bicycle for 50 minutes, had them drink 200 uh, milligrams of caffeine or intake, intake 200 milligrams of caffeine in some form or another, waited after the 50 minutes and then tested the uh, the blood flow around the heart and found a decrease of 14% decrease in blood flow around the heart. Uh, and these are in older people. Now, mm. interestingly enough, in the other group, average age of 27, they took 18 healthy people and had them do the exact same thing and found a 22% decrease in the blood flow around their heart. So younger mm. people are more affected by the caffeine than older people are by almost a third. So again, I don't, I don't recommend caffeine during during or before a workout. If you got to have it, do it afterwards. Um, don't don't intake caffeine, anything with caffeine in it, any significant amount. This study showed 200 milligrams, so a couple of cups of coffee. So you drink a Monster before your workout, uh, you could potentially be doing micro damage to your heart. And over time, repeatedly, could, could end up actually uh, becoming a problem. It's not even just monster drinks too. Like most people, uh, you know, go to a gas station and get a big gulp or something like that. Yep. Uh, a big oh. gulp, if you're drinking Diet Coke even, which everyone thinks, oh, Diet Coke has got to be good for you right now. Oh. Uh, Diet Coke will have 150 milligrams of uh, caffeine in it too because it's technically like three cans of Diet Coke. Right, if you're having the oh. big gulp yeah. or the extra large yeah. or whatever, yeah. you bet. I think they, they dismiss soda because they just think, oh, how much caffeine could I actually have? But quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. I, have, I always forget about that because I don't if, drink it. If, but yeah. If you took a cup of soda, which is eight ounces, like a cup of coffee, it, it's got, what is it, one-fourth or so the same amount of caffeine. But one cup is a really small amount. A, a big gulp is what? Eight cups? Most people aren't drinking eight ounces of soda. They're drinking like 40. Right. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's where they're getting 150 yeah. milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nasty stuff, but everybody takes it. We live on it. You know, it's uh, so hard. The human race uh, can't seem to get up or go to bed without uh, putting some caffeine in themselves, at least in the morning. Um, and the problem with it all, like we discussed before, is it and and we'll, the immune system is affected by the caffeine as well. Studies show that w when your anxiety kicks in, there's a drop to s drop in cytokine levels, and that's the messengers between the white blood cells. Uh, so they're not passing the messages to the blood cells. We're moving on to immunity, and that's one of the things that to emotion emotional effects on immunity is what we're talking about today. And when we get into that subject in a second, similar things happen there as with it does with caffeine because caffeine affects your emotions. Yeah, let's jump in. Yeah, let's get into time. it. Yeah. So just to bring up, any of you guys have a story just to share of, of an instance of where emotion, emotions affected someone? Are emotions like stress? Is that an yes, emotion? Yes, stress is an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you angry? I feel like when you when you think back, like they talk about people in the military, right, and coming off these massive careers, like submarine captains, for example, and like six months after they're released from the military, like they're dead, right? Because that stress level they, they maintain for so long in their life, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So you could have the de-stress of it kill mm. you. 
I think the stress side. Could it wasn't the de-stress you. side that killed them. Boredom. No, well, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and that, that that was something I was going to bring up at the end. But hey, it's okay. So many movies today, they show you the ending at the beginning and then go through the story. Yeah. So we can line, do that too. That's the punchline. <laughs> they, uh, Don't leave. Um, <laughs> hobbies and the, the one of the things that uh, studies show is it's very important for people if they have a lifestyle change, whether it's due to retirement or some other reason, they need to as soon as possible get into doing something else. If nothing else, a hobby. A lot of old guys take up golf. Probably going to be one of mine. Don't get to play it a lot now, and I don't have the time. But I love the game. Uh, but people need to do something to help, and, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about emotions and immunity. I'm sorry, I thought you were leading up to why some marine captains die after six months. I thought I answered that, Eric. No, <laughs> they, they don't have they, a hobby? That's they're it? right. Yeah, they, really? don't, they, they don't take on other tasks. They, get, they do sit around. They get bored. They, they wow. can't stand the change. So I would assume somebody who had a very intense job like a, a submarine pilot would probably want his hobby or other thing he started to do, whether it was a part-time job or whatever, would want to be some, you know, maybe he wants to become a, a skydiving trainer or something. Yeah, so, uh, so do you need something equally stressful? Or, like, they, uh, golf's kind of stressful, but, like, let's say they pick up woodworking. That's not that stressful. Is they, that enough of a well, hobby? Well, being calm... Calming down their system is important. Okay. I mean, they've had too much stress all their life. In fact, they've damaged their yeah. whole... Their body, after years of stress, is damaged. Yeah. Uh, that could be another reason why they die soon after stopping. The assumption is, oh, they don't have anything to do, so they got just tired of living and, and died. And they could, you could die of sadness, I suppose. But I think it's more they have they have trashed their system chronically for many, many years. And now it doesn't work very well. While they were working, the system ran as best it could, but they wore it down, wore it down, wore it down. Now they're in a state as an older person where their system doesn't work very well and they're more susceptible to disease. Well, this makes me think of like people being busy, 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 busy. And why do we stay busy? Because we don't, a lot of times, I'm not saying we're always busy because we don't want to face up to our emotions or deal with, you know, emotional trauma, that sort of thing from childhood. So I think the best hobby would probably be therapy when you <laughs> retire, right? Go start seeing a therapist and deal with the, the calmness, the quiet, because that's when all of these thoughts start creeping in and, and you have to deal with emotional stuff because... I want to talk about the science for a second, Nikki, but you're exactly right. As I try to talk about the science in the beginning and then get into the stories and do all that stuff. So let's come around to that. As we... Uh, as we're born. <laughs> Sorry. Now, inside the, the body, what happens? Yes. What happens in the body? Okay, so look for a minute about your emotional system. So if I, you can micro-categorize these, these areas, but consider happiness or the feeling of, of being happy. Um, and that would probably include laughing and smiling and, and uh, listening to music, doing some activity that you really enjoy. Those would be in the areas of feeling good, right? Okay, then you have all the negative emotions um, where you're in fear or you uh, feel like, you know, of course, fear and danger. Similar things typically. Other things that might activate that. We talked, we've talked in different episodes about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. And the parasympathetic system is when you're calm and relaxed relaxed and they kind of overlap let's say in a sports activity you're really enjoying you may have some activation of both systems along the way mm -hmm. during the process and that's really what's happening with them both anyway there, there there's a homeostasis or balance between the two but sometimes one really overtakes the other and subdues the other for instance in the parasympathetic system is digestion well if you're in a rear fearful state like running from someone or or afraid because of the circumstances you're in the midst of an earthquake or whatever your uh, sympathetic nervous system is going to be an over drive and you're not digesting anything at that moment. Those are kind of the differences. Negative thoughts and feelings, negative circumstances often kick in the symp sympathetic nervous system. And when the sympathetic nervous system takes over, you're relaxed. You're no longer relaxed. You're on edge. Okay, because now you're in fire mode and you can be that even in subtle ways. Someone who is in a state of complaining can can set that system off to where now the anxiety builds. Talking about, you know, there, there's a big debate today about do we talk about our emotions? There, there was time when, oh, you got to go talk out those emotions and tell all those stories that ill affected you in life. Share those with a, a given person and, and then once you've shared it, you'll feel better. Then there's another school of thought is the more you share it, the more depressed you become because you keep taking yourself back to that negative experience. And so I'm more lean towards the latter, though I think having that initial let go, talking about your problem one time mm -hmm. is good, but rehashing it, rehashing it, rehashing it is not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- it's kind of like going to a funeral. You know, the whole purpose of a funeral is not obviously for the dead, it's for the living. And so they go through an experience of release or, or you know, saying goodbye to the person and letting go of what once was part of their lives and now longer will be. Same kind of principle. So you've got anger too. In anger, I would put and hatred, you know, real hatred. Anger probably would fall into, you know, I always like the... Uh, Remember the old uh, Star Wars movie? Yoda was, of course, my favorite character. The old wrinkly guy. And the, the old little <laughs> wrinkly guy, but the wisest, strongest guy out there um, because of his mind and, and uh, the way he was. But he said, uh, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. Or, or some of that wisdom he dispelled or whoever created that for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it applies, right? Totally applies. And so at the uh, uh, hatred, they say, they've done studies basically research going back and finding people uh, or looking at people's lives or done studies over 30, 40 years time with different groups of people and studied their connections uh, with their emotions and their lifestyle and, and their health. And so share a story, Nikki. Yeah, okay. share, share something where you could maybe tie it into what we've talked about. Let me just start by saying positive emotion improves your immune system. Negative emotion compromises your immune system. So I got a story for that then, why you bring that up. So my wife's grandma, um, she's 80, 82, like something like that. She's been like depressed and angry and bitter her whole life. Mm. I know she's never going to listen to this podcast. Like, <laughs> like, oh. She's <laughs> like, it's like just a short, grumpy old lady. Uh, and probably five years ago, she started having dementia and just started having all these health issues. Uh, I mean, she's just complained about something her whole entire life. Since the day she was 19 and got married, she's complained about something. And everybody in her oh. family knows this about her. And it's just like, that's grandma you know but she's always been unhealthy she's always had medical issues and something going on and it's just interesting that they bring that up it makes a lot of sense like she just had this negative life and the chemistry behind it totally makes sense because the whole process the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland that are up in your brain and your adrenal glands all are connected to your emotional system and your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and they all work interactively and and uh, depending on your situation create chemicals uh, which go throughout your body and do different things to your organs, your muscles, your your nerves, to your brain itself. So that whole process creates the inflammatory response or does not create the inflammatory response, which then begins the whole cycle of creating white, more white blood cells. Those white blood cells are converted after they leave the the bone marrow. The T cells go to the thymus and converted there. The B cells are you know, I don't need to go into the science. The point is cytokines are a chemical that causes, it's, takes, it's, it's the messenger in the, blo- in the blood that takes the messages from different white blood cells to create, cause their change to based on a given benefit, whether it's an, inner, an injury or a microbe that's entered your body and infected you, it will send different messages based on what to do for those given problems and how to fix them. So amazing. So amazing. It's like this whole process is just taking place without thought whatsoever. The cells Mm -hmm. just automatically know what to do. Problem is when you have negative thoughts, negative emotions, the cytokine numbers have been shown in research to drop. So the message, Mm. the the white blood cells may be getting made, but the messages that carry them to do the things they're supposed to do are not getting passed on or they're getting the wrong messages passed on. Mm. They, and so, and the same thing happens under, in, while you're t- taking in those amounts of caffeine. And that's why I brought that up previously. Um, so um, it gets even worse with when you're in a state of... They, they said that momentary anger, which is considered somewhat normal, is okay. It did, they didn't notice big changes there. But hmm. deep hatred or loathing, uh, when someone really can't stand somebody, and let's say they, that, they feel that person really did them wrong, and whenever they're in their presence, all they can do is think about how much they dislike them and how they might want to hurt them or that they could feel as much pain as they feel because of what that person did. Mm, yeah. Many people have those people in their lives, yeah. um, and sometimes they're family members. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. have to be around them at, at events and yeah. things like that. Almost a trigger. Yes. But interestingly enough, when you're in a state of positive mode, the reverse happens. Um, the body functions more normally, can react to infections more quickly and intelligently, and uh, repair itself quicker mm-hmm. and more efficiently in a positive state. So after a workout, you know, you see these athletes, I, I think people like Schwarzenegger and, and, and the, the major you know, famous people in, in bodybuilding, I don't, I'll bet you'd never find a, a negative one in them. I mean, I'm sure they moan and groan and complain now and then, but after their workout, what do you think they're doing? They're, they're like, Ugh! 
the, uh, and, and they're going and pounding down their their supplements and and protein drinks and and they're like oh that feel that hurts so good you know oh man i can't hardly <laughs> so walk good. but i i know i really worked out that time you know that's that's the way they are and so that goes along right with they're helping their body heal faster by doing that. We talked about this near the beginning of this podcast series um, about celebrating after you've had something, right? Like clapping and right. making you happy yep. and you're kind of triggering that yep. endorphin, I guess you could say, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. And so you want to be, you know, you don't want to go sit in your car after work about and think about all the crappy things that have happened to you in your life. <laughs> <laughs> or you just saw somebody at the gym that you can't stand and you hope you don't run into them next time. Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, you, you need to have a good attitude when you're working out like this feels so good even when it doesn't. And keep that going for at least an hour or two after the workout going throughout your life. It's not an easy thing to do because there's always stuff hitting us in the face every day. But there was a quote that I wanted to share. Anybody have a story first? I was just going to say, you know what else might help while they're in there is like when they're actually looking in the mirror, seeing results. I think that's a positive reinforcement, don't you? I know when I used to lift a lot, I would notice, you know, the little bit of muscle tone and be empowered. Like, this is working. I like this. This makes me feel good. Yes. So I think it, yeah, yeah sounds like that helps. Just the exercise itself, and it can vary from, of course, from day to day, but typically it gives you a high, you know, and, and most people, once they get into a routine of working out, they notice it and they notice the motivation, their motivation increasing and their, and their general happiness and well-being improving. Yeah. And uh, I think it's pretty common knowledge today that if, if you're a depressed person, get on exercise as soon as you can even even the minimal amount of exercise just get out of the house and take a walk and taking walks could lead into runs and and then going to the gym and making friends and and uh getting you know we're social beings most depressed people tend to be isolated people mm -hmm. not always i mean there's some very depressed people robin williams you know you'd have thought socially he'd have, he'd have had the social social connections that more than anyone and of course had the wealth beyond most but uh anyway it can happen to even people who, who have the social circle, but the social circle is very, is very important. And studies show that having at least one a good friend that you can share things with safely, who you know won't share those things with others can be just, okay, and now I'm going to have the psychotherapist and psychologist mad at me. Um, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> if you can't afford the psychologist to get, get, a get, get a buddy you can share with and who you can share safe, safely with. You know, test them. Share something with them. Share <laughs> share something with them that doesn't matter, and see if they share that with other people you know. If they don't, sure. then maybe you can uh, move on. And, and a dog, right? They and uh, dog. but everybody oh, yeah. should, you know. That, I think, I think, I think that's a, to me when I look at the benefit of psychologists and psychiatrists is one of the biggest benefits is they promise they won't share anything you say with anybody else, and so you can just spill your guts. And like I say, spilling your guts once is a good thing. Spilling your guts repeatedly and rehashing the the event over and over and over again is the worst thing you can possibly do you got to let it go once you've shared it let it go it's gone you can you can give it to that other friend or person or or your doctor and treat it as if it's gone it's no longer part of your life and if other people people bring it up you just ignore it and move on because there's nothing else you can do to change it you said your sorries your apologies you've done all the things to repair whatever damage could have been done on your side move on with it afterwards be happy about it and let it go and not be part of your life anymore well there's also like reprogramming like when we do emotional release therapy yes, with Ingrid, absolutely like, there are here's what you can't there are currently have and, and we're gonna have dr ingrid that. come in the future and talk about that there are ways to remove those emotional triggers and some people can get rid of it on their own uh, men over women that's that's one of our few uh, things we have over women is is we seem to get over things faster um i don't know about that yeah. <laughs> is that right <laughs> actually actually that. men as a whole have been shown in studies to let things go more easily than women of course, not always the case. Maybe, maybe men to men, but I don't know about men to women. Yeah. Like, the uh, women women as a whole, just their personalities as to men. And now, okay, now I'm a racist bigot. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, all the names because I'm differentiating between men and women. Anyway, from what I've read, this is what You're it, saying the majority says this. If you take like men as a different. whole and women as a whole, sure. men tend to let things go sooner than women. Okay, it's not about a competition between men and women or something. I don't know. <laughs> that fit i don't know because that's why I've, that was the feedback i was getting from you guys now wait a minute that may not be true hold on <laughs> let me just uh rehash this a little bit it's not a competition between you know who can release it faster or better men and women we're all one but i wanted to rehash what are the three groupings of emotions that you were talking about happiness was one fear fear was two and, and hatred and hatred okay 
So that was... Yeah, those are the different levels that affect your immune system. You know, just, just having negative thoughts throughout the day uh, can do your decrease your immunity by 10 to 15 percent. It makes sense, though, because you do feel down. And, when and two things, when we talk about immunity, we're really talking about immunity, the way it works in the body and, and immunity. A lot of people don't understand. The immune response occurs when you get an injury and it occurs when you get an infection um, or you've been, or, it, actually, infection hasn't necessarily occurred when the microbe enters your body. So when the microbe, mm -hmm. a foreign body enters your body or you get injured, the immune response kicks in. Part of that immune response, initial immune response is inflammation. And so sending fluid to the area, uh, more blood, so that it, it with uh, those white blood cells, so that it can begin healing, can be begin uh, killing off the, the infected or damaged cells and, and removing them from the area, and then re helping the body to rego healthy cells. Okay, can I interrupt? Because yeah. I feel like I want to talk about this. I'm confused on how stress ties into the emotions because I feel like stress is like the worst part of, you know, getting sick. Like it's just like well, the, the last thing. I, I would categorize, as I said before, you know, I, those three categories can cover several things. Stress would, stress would lie in the negative feelings category. Yeah, because you could have stress with hatred and you could have stress with anger. Probably not going to have stress yeah, with happiness. Yeah, and, and, and what are we talking yeah. about when we, what's your definition of stress, Nikki? I feel like it's like when you push your body to the limit to the point where you're completely exhausted and then you just, your body just shuts down. Like everybody does this, whether it's work or like, I think of like when I was helping my sister plan her wedding and I had just had Jake, he was three months old and I was, and we had to travel to Montana from Idaho where we lived at the time. And it was like extremely stressful, but yet my body held out all the way up until the wedding was over. And I literally took off the bridesmaid's dress. And then I was in bed for like two days with the flu and could not even move literally. Well, out what of bed. had happened and why, I mean, then that's an absolute definition of stressed out. So what happened in that case that event led to the anxiety, the emotion of anxiety. Okay, so that's anxiety. Which, which anxiety would fall in the negative emotion category. And, and it falls into fear, right? Yeah, fear of things fear. going wrong. Fear. Or, yeah. So you're, you're feeling fear, which triggers chemical creation in the hypothalamus, the pituitary, which is sent to the adrenal glands, which kicks off the overabundance of adrenaline, okay. uh, which which kicks in the par or the sympathetic nervous system, so shuts down digestion, shuts down, shuts down those feelings of calmness, and it it creates a cycle that then slows down the function of the cytokines. Mm -hmm. uh, so those messages getting back and forth to the white blood cells, the white blood cells are being made, but they they may not be getting the correct messages or getting any messages, so that they they change into the to help with the benefit of healing from an injury or from fighting a microbe that enters your body. So therefore, all that all that cycle and that so then you get that overabundance of adrenaline, the constant running of the the uh, sympathetic nervous system lowers your ability to fight an invader when it enters your body. So that's why you got sick and why you felt out of it and totally burned it. It was the infection that caused that feeling of I'm done and lay back, can't do anything but sleep. It wasn't the stress itself, but the stress and the anxiety that changed your, that compromised your immune system made, made you now susceptible to the microbe that normally your body would have fought off. Mm -hmm. Now, had you used my therapy and done smiling and clapping and, and, and right. you know, when you did something positive and, and, and I'll bet you didn't even pinch yourself when you felt those negative feelings. I didn't. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, um, you could have changed that. You could have recognized that, hey, I'm going into a stressful situation. How can I counter it? How, I know I'm going to feel a lot of anxiety. I'm going to feel a lot of fear of everything going wrong or things messing up or me saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing in this group of people. I mean, we're all always constantly in fear. We, we want acceptance from the rest of the world, everybody. A lot of people get to a point to where I don't get the acceptance I want, so now I'm going to do everything the opposite. Because people want, I can't remember now who said it, but some, someone said that uh, you, you want to be the center of the room whether positively or negatively. I don't think you want to be the center of the room if you're negative. <laughs> no, my point being is that there are many people today when they can't get the positive response from others, they'll take the negative oh. just to get some kind of attention. Children acting up, um, employees acting up, wife and husband and wife having arguments. Often it can be 
an attention thing. Oh, I don't get any attention in a positive way, so I'm going to do a bunch of negative stuff, and I know my husband will pay attention to me then. I'm not going to get, it's not going to be in a positive way, but at least they're showing some emotion towards me. It typically isn't a conscious thing that people do, but the result is the attention feels in some subtle way getting attention in that way is of help to people because they're getting some attention mm-hmm. and they don't want the negative attention you'd rather have a positive but like if, if they've done everything they could to get the positive then people tend to lean towards i'm just going to go do the negative because at least i get some response mm-hmm. rather than feel neglected or right yeah feel nothing yes. better feel something yes is that what you do eric <laughs> don't you do to your wife it works Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I have I have three girls right now, and the youngest one's about to turn four, and she's that way. She just wants attention, and she'll just like yesterday was rough. Uh, she just she knows how to press my wife's buttons and just finds things, you know. Cause <laughs> right now we're doing homeschool still, and the other two are you know in in uh, kindergarten and fourth grade, and most attention spent on them all day, and so. Mm. The four-year-old, almost four-year-old, she'll do whatever she can. Okay, mom, pay attention to me. You know, I'm going to sneak candy from the house or I'm going to, you know, get into your stuff or whatever it is just to have that attention. Make a mess. Yep. Make yep. a mess. Scream, shout. Yep. That's exciting. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, it is. That's so much fun. <laughs> well, and what's happening in that situation? Let's, let's, can we analyze yeah, it? Yeah, let's analyze it. This will be fun. Okay. Um, yep. So let's look at it. So okay. you're, you become stressed because of the way she's acting. No, no, I'm beyond feeling. I just, it's on my wife. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're just well, there for support. And, and, and that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you've, you've got beyond it. Yeah. And so you're not letting it compromise your yeah. immunity. Um, but, but. Megan, don't get upset with this if you listen to this podcast. They, uh, so, but you feel like maybe Megan still stresses about it. Yeah. Um, so this is good in the sense of people need to see in these moments, recognize the moments when it's happening, and you can shut it off. But being this way in some prolonged manner definitely compromises your immune system and enables you to get sick. So getting angry, feeling anxiety. So, But your daughter, for instance, maybe she acts up because she doesn't get her way, right? Because yep. um, they want something. They might have asked for it nicely. And mom said mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Mom was busy. And then mom is, then they come back with a, you know, it's kind of like, I can think of some husband and wife relationships, even of my own, where with my own children, what happens? Okay, it, it goes, there's two sides to the story. Think about it. As a parent, my child says, could I have that? And I lovingly and, and knowing that it would not be good for them at the moment, say, no, you can't have that right now. And the child goes, but I asked, I think it in their mind, but I asked nicely. nicely. Yeah. And you told me when I asked for things nicely, um, that's better. And, and, but it didn't give me what I wanted. And, you know, sometimes the child walks away and the parent doesn't hear any more about it. But as the child gets older and, and, uh, you know, hits puberty, they, uh, it, it, and even before they learn more, right? Okay. At what point, what do I have to do to give my, get my parent to give me what I'm asking for? And as, as an adult, what do I have to do to get my child to listen to me and get what I want? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's the same. It, you're mm-hmm. both fighting the same battle, right? Battle of it's wills. It's just who wins. Yeah. And sometimes the child is willing to go way above and beyond what might be considered normal in society. And so is a parent at times. And that's when you've just totally trashed your immune system on both sides. Mm. Both sides mean the kid and the parent? Yes. Yeah. Whereas if people can learn to go... The parent can go, really, what should be the parent's words when the child acts up? I'm not the child psychologist, so I'm not claiming to be, but I can, you know, we have observed many things, and I've raised five, uh, really, I have seven children. Um, You're only claiming five? <laughs> five sons, two daughters, okay. and uh, though I didn't, didn't, didn't fully raise my daughters, but uh, having dealt with five sons and de- dealt with the cycle over and over and over again, I, I to me, I found what works and uh, what keeps me from from blowing my stack, which, you know, I did many times when my when my first two children, I think they still blame me for everything go- goes wrong in their lives. Just kidding, guys. But uh, <laughs> Just prob- kidding, really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, and it's okay. I'll take the blame. It, I probably the am at fault. The first have the hardest because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, right. It's true. Doing, you know, the manuals, we're not finding the manual soon enough. I don't know. You didn't get one? Um, <laughs> you know, but, and we hear all kinds of information, you know, went from, you know, there was a time when uh, physical punishment in the form of a spanking was a thing, you know, st- spare the rod, spoil the, <laughs> s- spoil the child met attitude. And, and then it moved on to timeouts. And, and, and now, um, and what I found most effective is 
is just to change the child's perspective. Redirect. 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 And we need the same thing. It works the same way for us as adults. We just need to redirect. And so if we can redirect into, in our mind, onto something else, the parent who says, I said, no, that's the end of it. Here's the consequence if you continue. The child goes, what? Here's a shiny object to distract you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Here's or, a fun toy. <laughs> and, and then, by the way, yeah, we're going to go do something else right now they, uh, at the end. And hopefully that takes the child or, or the adult out of whatever negative feelings they're having at that moment. And because that's the goal. Uh, the quicker you can get yourself out of a neg- negative thought and feeling, the more your immune system is functioning normally, the better you can fight off any microbe that might come to harm you. And if you go injure yourself working out or or... or in some physical activity, your body's going to heal a lot faster. So the last thing you want to do if you get injured or hurt is go be negative about it. And it, that's a hard thing to do because mm-hmm. it's a common common thing. That's why it's important for people after they're injured to not be alone. You'll heal faster if you have a support group that helps you after an injury because mm-hmm. your immune system is, is working at optimum because you're feeling the love. So uh, it's important for us to to share the love with people we know who are hurt or sick or or um, not feeling well because that boosts their immunity. Uh, to the person who le- is left alone, it, it, it can take them down to death. Um, that's why I don't want to get into COVID and, and the, all, the, all the older elderly that died uh, bec- and their families weren't allowed to come see them during that time. And, and, and um, you know, can't, can't blame our government on those deaths, um, but the research shows that those people needed interaction. Mm-hmm. with others and that would have boosted their their immune system and and you know the funny thing is doctors uh, medical doctors psychologists psychiatrists all healthcare professionals get this they understand this so why didn't they do it i don't know i guess just for fear that those people become sick too but there there could have been ways around it put a piece of glass between whatever it might have been i mean yeah anyway we know that now hopefully as time goes on will realize that that is just absolutely, you know, I'll think about the suicides that have occurred during COVID. Oh, yeah. um, Sad. And it's that's because late. of the isolation. So to prevent this downward spiral that potentially happens after an accident or some negative thing in our life, obviously we need to find a happy replacement or something that's going to boost our morale and, and get us back to par, right? That's, yes. That's kind of the goal there. So finding yeah. something in your life that's happy. Yes. And, and Practical suggestions. We have yeah, some, Eric. Oh, good. I was going to say, after a car accident, go get some ice cream, right? And, and make yeah, it all better. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> I'm in. Well, and you, that was perfect. All right. That was perfect. Did you see how happy I got when you talked about that? <laughs> just, just thinking about yeah, it. We talked about that in the past. I'm in. You know, Does anybody want to sponsor our show with an ice yeah. cream company here? Just come on over. <laughs> Let's look, since we're on that side of practical things we can do to make changes, what makes us feel better, Nikki? What makes you feel better? Doing what makes you feel better? Chocolate, yeah. Okay. Okay. Ice cream cookies. Let, 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 let's for a moment. Let's for oh, a you're moment. Talking about like. Okay, let's for a moment. Healthy? Doing burpees, right? Yeah. <laughs> Going for a walk, meditation, yes. getting more sleep. Yes, I, I don't, I don't want to get people focused on eating food when they're not feeling right, mm-hmm. because yeah, that will food, just. Yeah. We're already doing that. That will give you one <laughs> more thing work. to feel depressed about yeah. if your weight being overweight bothers you. If you're someone who is happy with themselves and you weigh 350 pounds and you care less if anybody else, what other people think, or and that you think you're happy in that moment, in that place, and you don't want to do anything about it, not because you're lazy, but because you're happy with yourself, then you're in a perfect place. And so, I wouldn't change a thing um, because you're healthier, happier than you are thin and miserable. So, um, hmm, so I suggest to people if they're going to lose weight, figure out the reasons they want to lose weight and the purpose of it before they go do it because the process of losing weight also compromises or lowers your immunity. Mm. Um, Living on carbs and protein, I'm sorry, living on fat and protein with very few carbs affects and lowers your immunity. And and it's prolonged a prolonged diet like that, like the keto diets and Atkins diets, that, that actually can lower your immunity if you do it intently for a long period of time mm-hmm. to the point of making you more easily get sick. So I had a um, quick comment here, though. So I was editing our uh, podcast 17 the other day when we were talking about Ted, right? And you brought up the fact that people have emotional ties to the food that they eat and it brings them this happiness. And, and you were talking about your grandma's food and that <laughs> yes. brought you all this happiness. That's the point, right? When people are sad, they have that comfort food, right? They go out and eat all this food that may not be great for them, but it brings them happiness because that somehow it's like, 
emotionally, tem- they're tied to, to that. It's a temporary happiness. Yeah, but they're tied to that. And so they're thinking, oh, I'm eating my fried chicken or mashed potatoes or whatever it is. And like, it's bringing <laughs> me this happiness because it brought me back to a moment where I was happy doing something different in my life. And that's probably why they call it comfort food. Yeah, yeah but think of the cycle that most people go through with that, with, which the end result of comfort food is more damage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unfortunately for most people. Um, unless they control control it, they only yeah, eat the comfort bit. food. They don't eat the comfort food at every every sign of stress, right? Or every sign of anxiety. They first look to thinking the thinking process of changing their perception in that moment to a state of happiness over a state of of sadness. They don't go to the food first. Food food should be for the severe things that happen. Um, if you use food as as a as a minor lift because you can't handle any bit of anxiety at all, you've got to learn some, some techniques to overcome that. Uh, hypnosis can help with that. There's other emotional techniques and practice mental Meditation. Um, exercises you can do that can help with that so that you're not constantly reaching for the food. But look at the cycle for the food. You go, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. There's a donut. Um, oh, that feels good. I love donuts. <laughs> and you go and you grab the donut you eat and you're eating the donut. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, that tastes so good. And you're feeling better. And your immune system's happy for about the length of the time you eat the donut. Yes. And so maybe you eat the donut, suck it down, and it's gone in five seconds. And, and you never chewed. You just kind of slobbered on it and, we'll take a and swallowed it. Way too. <laughs> or, or maybe you're the person who understands that chewing your food is part of digestion and and so you chew on it for a while to mix it with your saliva, and and so it starts to digest in your mouth before it goes down. And I know that probably grows. Yeah, some that people doesn't out. sound very good. <laughs> but that's the reality. So you do that, and and then what happens? And then you feel like, oh, why did I eat that? <laughs> why did I give in to that? Let's go get another one. <laughs> yeah. And then if well, there's some, well yeah, now. <laughs> if there's a box of twenty of them the sitting there, <laughs> the box of twenty of them sitting there, and you're that kind of person who who's really. You know, in that moment, you might eat the whole box. Yeah. No, I know. The whole bag of potatoes. Since chips. you had sugar, now That's you have to I have did salt. As a kid. <laughs> you got to switch from yeah. sugar salt to salt. Caramel, yes. <laughs> as a kid, when I was, you know, in that those those those, those junior phases. high years, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. You know, parents had gotten divorced. I was going to a new school. Um, wasn't feeling like chubby. I was. Yeah, what? <laughs> those chubby, chubby phases. <laughs> no, I wasn't chubby at uh, first. I've had those. But I went to the new school in the seventh grade and actually switched junior highs twice. And anyway, went through a lot of, you know, a lot of family turmoil, a lot of friend, you know, making friends issues and all those kinds of things. And so there were there were days where I would sit down after school in front of the television. Am I sharing this with the world? Sit down in front of the television. I'd turn on things like, you know, we had a black and white TV then. Um, that's Back how then. old I am. Oh, and and uh, the, there were no remotes. I had to get up and turn the channel with my hands. Uh, but it gave me a little extra exercise the yeah, kids get go. today. Right. Um, and it was either, we had like six channels. And the news was on half of them. And, and the other ones, I mean... I would I would watch a series of Gilligan's Island, uh, I Dream a Genie, what else? So Speed Racer cartoons. I mean, TV was terrible back then. Yeah, it really was, but it was better than nothing. But I'd sit there and and chug a couple of big glasses of milk and eat a whole bag of potato chips. In one yeah. sitting. It's no wonder you know it just put on the pounds. And it was all anxiety eating. It adds up. As a as a as a teenager and that's going on with our teenagers today you know they're under constant stress that's why people in sports you know the exercise we talked about how it benefits our overall health and the way our immune system works but if it becomes too intense and too too emotionally attached like in competitive sports then it has the opposite effect you know it can can really those kinds of people can get sick easier and are more prone they go to the huge events with all kinds of people exposed to all kinds of stuff and they just ran a race and they got third place you know the first place runner he runs out of there he's jazz yelling i got one his immune system the other nine runners down negative i lost and so anyway that's what happens what about like i'm thinking today so people kids that are online playing games and that is kind of stressful too right because it's like you're constantly like having to like oh, fight yeah. and kill and do yep. and, yep. and same thing with like uh, adults that are binge watching TV <clears throat> shows like myself. I'm into Scandal right now, and there's a lot of like on edge type stuff, and I feel like it's stressful. It's like it makes me happy, and I'm kind of addicted to it. And I think like kids are probably the same way with games. Like it makes them happy. It makes them feel like attached to something. 
Um, but it's stressful too. So it's like... Well, what happens there, and, and that typically is a weight gain, uh, cycle to weight gain as well, um, because uh, when the sympathetic nervous system is constantly running, you're producing more cortisol. Mm -hmm. And and I, you know, I, always, I see a lot of kids while they're playing games, they're stopping, they got a remote in their hand, which I didn't have as a kid. So, so if I'd had the remote, calories. it would have slowed me down. Yeah. Burning calories. <laughs> it would have slowed me, my intake down a little bit. But most kids have <laughs> snacks sitting there at the table. I know my son does. And so they're, they're in, a, in a cortisol high and they're putting in the carbs and fat. Mm -hmm. Very little protein in most junk food. And so that combination is high in calories and they're sitting there with no activity other than their brain. Now, now believe it or not, you're burning calories playing those games. Uh, your brain is, is working hard and so you are burning calories, mm. but not the kind of calories you would be if you were exercising the muscles. Mm -hmm. um, so you are, you are expending energy, but it doesn't offset the energy. So a lot of, a lot of kids who sit around and do that, they gain weight yeah. and then, and, and that compromises that whole process lowers the immune system as well. They're, and their they're excessive amount of cortisol not only causes the storage of fat, but it also, along with other chemicals, causes a depression of the immune system, causes cause a depression of the mind too, um, because constant anxiety can get a person in a cycle of, of constant negative thought. It's hard, that, that, it perpetuates itself. So you gotta break up that cycle. And, and so here's some practical suggestions. It is important to recognize and acknowledge your feelings. Participation in a support group, finding a friend, being able to share the fact and understand the fact that you're acknowledging that you're dealing with negative feelings is important to us. Right, because if you don't, it's kind of like the alcoholic who admits right? he's an alcoholic. You know, you got to do that. You've got to acknowledge it before you can do anything about it or change it. Right. Um, and so really think about yourself. Are you a negative thinker? I know people that aren't negative thinkers, and they could say to themselves, no. Do they think about negative things now and then? A, a truly positive thinker is not going to be a person who never thinks about negative things. A positive person is someone who drives away those negative feelings as soon as they recognize they're there. And they drive them away by thinking of positive experiences, by having positive communications with others, by listening to mu good, mu good music that, that lifts them up. Mm -hmm. Not music. You know, unfortunately, rock and roll kicks in our sympathetic nervous system, most of it. Mm. Um, especially the heavy metal stuff. Yeah. So uh, laughing, um, sharing good stories, positive stories, not watching, you know, watching good movies, mm -hmm. comedies, um, and uh, movies with an uplifting ending. You know, it's okay to have a little, I, li I like a movie that has, has you on the edge a little bit, or you're, at least you're in a place where you're not sure what's going to happen, and then the end result is good. So documentaries, documentaries have a lot of negative documentaries hearing about the mm. dolphins and how the dolphin safe tuna really is isn't what it says it is mm. um it's not really tuna <clears throat> it's really tuna it's just not <laughs> dolphin safe uh oh. there's enough evidence and 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 you know that, that documentary that came out recently talking about how how they videotaped all these companies who supposedly were catching releasing the tunas or catching release the dolphins while they were catching the tunas were not doing it and they were just as many dolphins were dying as anybody else oh. and and it was just a matter of paying the money to the company who let you use their stamp of dolphin oh, safe tuna that was getting the dolphin safe tuna emblem right? on the can is that right yeah that's oh, what the documentary shows. And that. so a lot of stuff is going on in our society that, that way. You know, it's always about, it goes back to the money. Anyway, so meditation. It's a big one. Mm -hmm. Taking uh, yoga. Love yoga for bringing yourself back into centered, positive thought. Mm -hmm. Think of some other things, guys. What, what can you think of? I'm just going to comment on meditation. That's something I've been trying to do this year a lot more. Just take 10 minutes out of my day. There's an app I use called Headspace, and it's a guided meditation that walks you through, you know, sit down in your chair and do this and this and this, and it'll guide you through and ask you questions to think about and stuff. So it's not just mm, for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it is amazing the difference that I've noticed in my body and in just my life after doing that. Even if it's just once a week, I try to do it every what day. What do you but, meditate on? Yeah, just whatever it tells you. Like it'll, oh, whatever. it'll guide you Guided. through specific things. To Let's think focus about. on this yeah. positive thing today. Yeah, that it'll have thing. kind of a theme or whatever. But man, it's just amazing what that changes. And I usually try to do it in the middle of my day, like right before lunch or something like that. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that things. would be the place to go for people who are having a severe situation or to get into a routine of doing it. Obviously, it could set your time for the day. A lot of people, religious people, pray, you know. And prayer should be a positive thing for people, too. If it's a negative thing to you, you need to reassess your prayers and what you're really after. You know, prayer should be a release, you know, letting go of, you know, that whole 
idea of repentance and 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 renewing your relationship with God should be all that there too, so that it, in the result that that prayer is a form of meditation or a form of connection with with deity and. That should always be a positive thing. Yeah, you want to beat yourself up in the beginning about all the dumb things you do, go ahead. But in the end, it should be, thanks for forgiving me, you know, and, and going away with a feeling of goodness, not a feeling of uh, condemnation. Because uh, condemnation, constant condemnation, the shaming of others really hurts your immune system. And uh, um, chronic versus, you know, chron- we, we didn't really go that much into it, but it all applies the same way. But just to briefly say, uh, acute or immediate, an immediate event that occurs that causes anxiety or fear to occur, or hatred to take you down that dark path. A quick, quick one that you can resolve quickly typically doesn't affect your immune system seriously. And briefly, abruptly do it and maybe last, you know, for the duration of the event or, and as long until you change it, which could be a few hours. But what about the chronic person? Um, what about a care, someone who, who's a caregiver? Uh, to a family member, that could be a positive or a negative thing, but just the anxiety and the stress dealing with them. For the, you know, we often hear stories about spouses who take care care of someone who is ill. They wear themselves down and often end up dying, dying before in a similar before or in a similar time frame as the other person, and and that's often because they've worn themselves out. Their immune system comp- is compromised along with the person they're helping, mm-hmm. and they succumb to something. Yeah, I like the um, the Hay House app. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, but it has yeah. it has audiobooks, it has meditations, it has um, interviews, it has all sorts of uplifting, hmm. inspirational, self help type things. And, and that's I, great. Yeah, there, there's and there's a lot of them. You, you know, unfortunately, the older crowd, which tend to sit into that uh, stressful category of chronic stress are unfamiliar with all the good, great stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mother and my wife's parents can't cope with smartphone. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have, none of them have smartphones, so they can't use the app. And so with the elderly and with older people that need a lot of this stuff, uh, new ways need to be created to help them. You know, a lot of them, like my mother, she sits around and watches TV, TV all day. News. And most of that TV news is negative. And she loves to, you know, it's yeah, uh, mine too. my mother is an enigma. I'm sorry she doesn't completely follow everything we've been talking about today. She she uh, will never li- listen to this podcast, so I'm not con- con- concerned <laughs> yeah, about it. Won't find and it. she's <laughs> still alive, so I'm not speaking <laughs> ill of the dead. But uh, she's reached a point in her life to where, and, and a lot of older people get this way, and it's part of, part of, part of the degradation of their brain. But everything, all the negative things in there happens, and their minds happen, you know, as, develop, as dementia, Alzheimer's, even old-timer's disease like myself has as an old-timer. It's beginning mm-hmm. stages of that. All that stuff is all negative, right? But at 88, she just constantly, you know, she's, she can't hardly have a conversation that doesn't have something negative in it. Mm. Um, she loves to watch the news and, and movies that create anxiety. She likes to watch the stories about people who their body disappeared and, and now they've, they think oh. they found it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the story behind the whole thing. And, and so she likes that adrenaline rush. And uh, it... Um, yeah, it, but it does. It creates stress. It does. And so, um, amazingly enough, um, you know, I, and I don't know, I, I, you know, someone, an oncologist could probably explain it better than I could, but I find it interesting. She has, she has a form of leukemia um, where her white blood cell count is, is extra high uh, over a normal person. And, and uh, I'm not so sure that that's not helping her immunity because high blood plays, high blood White, white blood, blood cell counts occur when your uh, immune system kicks on. So she's, she's, it may, be, it may huh. be helping support her immunity. I don't know. Huh. Um, but it, it kind of would make sense. Anyway, they, uh, any, any other stories you'd like to share? Other Are things? there any other they, suggestions? Um, let's see. Stay engaged and involved in life is an, is an important thing. So yeah. staying engaged, having things to do. Uh, participating in activities. If you if you're an older person and you live in a in an apartment complex or or some kind of center, get out and do activities. I know COVID has put a big hamper on that. Huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people have passed away just because of the Stuck isolation. The yeah. yeah, isolation, no yep. interaction. Yep. Yeah, I I I think them. Unfortunately, I feel like our government made a big mistake when they 
shut everything down the way they did and isolated people the way they did. I think that's caused more damage than the, yeah. than the virus itself. We, we still could have stayed safe, figured out ways to stay safe, but still had in physical interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they've tried to improve on it over time, and it's getting better. So yeah. we've already kind of talked about the other things, relationships, developing trusting relationships where you can share with, uh, not hashing over, constantly hashing over your past mm-hmm. um, and kicking yourself in the head for it. Um, forgive yourself. Uh, big, big, big process. Forgive yourself for all the stupid things you've done. Recognize you'll continue to do stupid things in life and, and that you'll take them one at a time. And with that attitude, uh, maybe you won't do so many stupid things in life because you'll have more confidence and, and be more willing to recognize and overcome the obstacles that, that are inhibiting your progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by staying in that positive mind space, yep. keeping yourself engaged in things with yeah and the real you know it all comes down to giving up don't give up don't give up there's a purpose keep having a purpose you know feel so bad for people that that do follow through with suicide i think everyone from time to time or at least the majority of human beings at one time in their life things have felt like they'd gotten so bad that they didn't want to be here anymore and really it wasn't i don't think anybody ever really wants to to eliminate their existence Uh, i think we all just want to change our circumstances and, and if you mm-hmm. can change the circumstance and that's the whole idea of what we're talking about change the circumstances mm-hmm. and then you won't want to leave right. now some people get to the point where it doesn't matter what i do my circumstances are never going to change and it's never going to get better and that's when they go they're never going to get better when they lose hope yeah they totally there lose hope no, the, the fact yeah. is they can lose or there is always hope you <laughs> can't lose hope. <laughs> you can't. You can't lose hope. You can't lose what, hope. Yeah. You know, there's always hope. Um, there has to be. And yeah, you you can't let yourself lose hope completely. When and you get there, you there, have to change. There is always a place you can go. There's always a place you can go find a friend. There's always a place. Um, Call Doctor Cal. He's here for you. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Lines you. are open. Um, <laughs> We're taking calls. You guys ready? Um, just kidding. So I am calling in from the uh, but who knows maybe someday uh, we're not we're not psychologists or psychiatrists I hope hope we're not coming across as we are we're just trying to show to people and get you to understand the connection between the way you feel and your health and the way you feel in your health is important very important and uh, feeling sad feeling bad con- constantly and chronically will make you open to not only uh, the microbes in the environment can, that can then take you out, um, but it also reduces your ability to heal from Injury. from injuries, um, and it also causes internal dysfunction of your systems. Your brain, your your organs, uh, don't work optimally. Um, therefore, one of the reasons I believe that maybe you don't succeed and you keep through that cycle of, of failure is in to the point to where you finally give up is because you're thinking too negatively all, all the time and it doesn't get you past those difficulties you you quit you give up because you think it's just going to perpetuate instead of believing that if i just keep going you know you don't have to be the winner of the race you just need to finish the race you know and if you don't finish the race today you can go finish it tomorrow because the race is always there that's why life is called a race it's not a race against everyone else it's a race against yourself so that's my perspective my perception and my perspective so the emotions can either tear you down and you're, cause inflammation throughout your body or they can lift you up and bring you to the place where you're happy and fulfilled and engaged with other people in life. And that's kind of what you're saying, right? Absolutely. The lesson yep. of the story. Yep, you got it, Nikki. Stay involved. Yes. Stay positive. If you feel hopeless, change your circumstance. Eric, is there anything that you wanted to add? I was just thinking about eating some donuts. I mean, that's oh, yeah. like, that'll change everything. <laughs> that'll make Did me you happy. guys want me to bring donuts <laughs> to the yeah. podcast from now on? Can we get a dozen donuts <laughs> next time? <laughs> that's what it takes to keep you here and happy. Even yeah. though I know it momentarily will trash you after you're done with the donut and you'll just feel guilt and, and yes. run down afterwards. So that that's what I'd like to end on. Don't, don't, don't eat the donut is what you're saying? Don't, don't anxiety eat, stress eat. The, uh, it's the worst thing you can do because it's just a cycle of negativity. Not a, it, It's a temporary fix which leads to worsening the circumstances because then you're not happy if you're gaining weight, et cetera, or looking, not looking good. So, so recognize where you're at. There are ways to overcome it. Way, Yoga, meditation. We've mentioned a couple different apps to use. There's all sorts of things. By the way, we never talked about, maybe briefly for a second, vanity and the immune system. 
Oh, I'm curious. Is that part two? Do tell. <laughs> yeah. um, well, think about it. What would you What would you guys think if you when you feel good, it, when you look good, you feel good. Yes. Right. Right. Is that vanity to yep. say I look good? Yep. Is that being vain to say I you look know. good? I mean, is it or is confidence? that being confident and just accepting that you're happy with yourself? Yeah, I think there. I think feeling that you look good is good for you because you feel happy with yourself. Loving yourself. Um, now. Wanting to look better than your friend, wanting to be the prettiest person in the room, wanting to suck all the attention out of everyone. Making it a competition. Through your looks. Yeah. Um, then that's vanity and that's bad because then it takes you actually to a moment of stress, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you're stressing out. You have to Comparing. be the center of attention and you have to be the prettiest person around. So now you're doing having the opposite effect on your system. And you brought this up, Nikki, maybe it was before the show. I can't remember now if we had it on here or not. But you're talking about when you work out, looking in the mirror and seeing yourself. Uh, and so I think people work out to improve their health and, and lose weight and build this body. But they also might do it for the fact that I look good for others to see, right? And if you mm -hmm. look in the mirror and think that, then maybe that's your high and maybe that's your reason to keep working out. And that's a good. Well, and that's one good thing I think people should do in the morning. We all look in the mirror or most of us go to the mirror to wash up and brush our teeth and do the daily makeup whatever we're doing at the at the sink uh, and the mirror's right there you know i'm sorry i'm old i liked happy days the mo the show okay i was there i was there at their, during the original show i don't have to watch the reruns to to remember fonzie uh, what did fonzie do when he got in front of the mirror I don't know. I said, hey. <laughs> Is that what he, he said? He'd look at the mirror. He'd pull out his comb to comb his hair. And sometimes he would look at himself and go, hey. And he'd put the comb back in his pocket. I love that. And so wrong with that? he was it's happy good. with himself. People would call it in vain because he, you know, thought he looked good. But the fact is... That's better for the immune system. He wasn't being vain. Yeah. He was he was content with the way he looked, right? And happy with the way he looked. Now was was any and it was a comedy anyway, so you know it was yeah. supposed to be funny. Um, but Fonzie was the cool dude, and everybody thought he was cool, and he always did the cool things and and stood out in the crowd. You know, had the motorcycle, the leather jacket, and and, uh, oh. and the, the show was called Happy Days. Yes, Happy <laughs> Days. <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But my point is, when you look in the mirror, I don't care what you look like. Don't compare yourselves with others be happy with what you look like and if you're not accept that you can be happy the way you are but that you want to improve and change if you feel the need yeah but only if you feel the need don't let others push you into that need because then it just creates more anxiety the uh, I, I personally feel you know they say heavy people tend to get more disease sooner and they tend to tend to die younger than people who are thin many many different issues tied to that and 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 i think part of the reason for that is not because they're fat or overweight but because society treats them as if they are mm. and they deal with a lot of anxiety and stress and self-confidence issues because of the way they think other people think they look rather than That's and true. so they accept that those comments are what are damaging they right? color how you feel about yourself. Right. Is it yeah. true that the systems, when the body has a huge amount of fat on it, are stressed more? Yes, it is. Uh, harder on the knees, harder on the general functions of the organs, um, but they get added compromise through the image issues of our society. And I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I, I was a dancer like in college and everything, and so I was used to looking at myself in a mirror, but a lot of people are not comfortable doing that, and they feel bad like they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so vain. I'm looking at myself or if, if they, like even sometimes my daughter would tell me like, I feel like I am vain if I say that I look good or if I love myself. Whereas you have to love yourself so that you can love other people. And so I think there is, a, you know, like an emotional health to looking in the mirror and saying, yeah, this is me. I love it. Because yep. so many people can really look and like nitpick themselves and bring themselves down and be negative. So it really is about that confidence looking in the mirror and accepting like this is me i love it even if i have imperfections it's okay so tomorrow morning when you get up both you and eric and myself when we walk to the mirror we're going to smile at ourselves and we're going to say hey it's a new day <laughs> i and do you do already i love it you yeah. do every day already i've gone See, through I, it yeah know, how did i know that you're just always such well, a I used positive to have person the breast implants so i used yeah. to hate my body so oh. i've gone through that whole transition Cycle. from hating it to accepting it, to loving it. Like, this is awesome. Good, good, I love good, it good. now. Yeah. Well, but thank it's a you journey. For that. It's not it's easy. It's a journey. Um, I like this here at the end here. I just wanted to share this quote by Norman Cousins. And he was a very positive guy, we can honestly say. 
he said, and he was referring to, he said this, connected to people who have um, severe chronic illness like cancer or other things. Mm-hmm. He said, don't deny the diagnosis. Try to, devi- try to defy the verdict. Don't deny the diagnosis. Try to defy the verdict. Oh. Mm-hmm. So if they tell you you have six months to live. You know, you, you can that. be accepting of the negative information, but then what you want to do is work towards a solution. Yeah. Or at least the most positive outcome that it could occur, right? If you get, for instance, if you're told you only have three months to live, you can spend those next three months in so many different ways. The evidence and the research would suggest that if you want any chance of overcoming that and living, the most important thing you could do in those next three months is live a positively high existence, whatever that is. Avoid all negativity, avoid injury, but do things you enjoy that you find fun um, and uplifting. And uh, your chances of success are not guaranteed even by doing that, but the results will be an improvement over it would have been had you just wallowed in your pity mm-hmm. for the next three months until you died. In fact, you might even find you don't even last three months if you're just a negative thinker for the next three months and wallow in your sorrow mm-hmm. because of your circumstances. Go watch that movie, Bucket List. That's a fun one. Right? Yes. Bucket List. That's a great yeah. one. The old guys and they live out their life and climb Mount Everest and skydive and all those fun things. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is the third out of four parts for inflammation, our series. The first one we talked about nutritional. The next one was physical. Today was emotional. And next week we're going to get into the environmental triggers. Environmental triggers. And there's some overlap there with the nutritional side of things because the environment affects the foods, right? Oh, true. So. True. Yeah. Well, I hope that you all learned something today and enjoyed this. I know I did. Thank you, Dr. Carol and Eric, for being here today. And um, if you enjoyed this, please do share it with a friend or family member. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will speak with you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, Eric. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling. Mm-hmm.